This is a HeadGum Podcast. Thanks for listening to No Joke with Billy and Adam on the HeadGum Podcast Network. This is the show where we tackle one topic oh so loosely and discuss our previous, present, and future experience with it. Today's topic was basketball, and our guest was Ben Schwartz. We hope you enjoy No Joke. Okay, and welcome back to the No Joke Podcast. I am Billy Scafuri. I'm Adam Lustick. And last week, we had the AT&T girl, Lily Milana Vintrude. Yeah, she was a delight. And we talked about Burning Man. We talked about Burning Man at length, and that was really uh, nourishing, and it brought back a lot of fond memories of you and I traipsing through the desert in skirts. One thing we did at Burning Man was bring a basketball hoop to the desert. That was amazing of us to and, do that. And we would arrive back at our house at 6 a.m. to find people dunking glow-in-the-dark Balls that into a glow a, in the dark hoop that we It was brought. a dream come true that we made. And there is a guest that we have on the show today. I'm so excited. You know him from Parks and Rec and House of Lies. <laughs> However, we know him from playing a lot of basketball in Los Angeles. My man, Ben Schwartz. Hey. Hey, Ben. What's up, What man? a great segue from your last one to this one. That right? basketball is pretty amazing. Bridge Not bad, right? Yeah. We rehearsed that since what? Last Tuesday? Yeah, oh, we, my God. Yeah, exactly. We've rehearsed this entire this entire podcast. Oh. We've rehearsed this entire thing. We know exactly what we're going to say. I, every you're given fine moment. with whatever I say. You guys have an answer, and you know what you're going to do? Yeah, we did a table read, and where <laughs> your name was on the card. Who read my Who read my name? Amir um, Blumenfeld. Oh, you know wow. Amir? I know yeah. him very well. Do you know Amir? Yeah, Super yeah. Jewish? Super Jewish. The guy like wakes up with dreidels in his mouth? Exactly. He didn't bring the energy that you would of course but. not it's a mirror what do you think he's gonna do exactly he's that, gonna be a, he's gonna be a goof he's gonna be a goat he's gonna be like a little boy you know what i mean they call mm-hmm. him low energy on mirror and i think that's yeah. why yep. he's just so dour i know and you don't mean and you don't mean goat in the street basketball no not the greatest, of, greatest all of all time Got i'm it. talking about like just like a thing that's there that goes bah. that's a sheep you know what i'm trying to say right? <laughs> yeah 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 exactly <laughs> do a goat noise how does it go it's more like a bleat yeah bleat. that's it that's correct they say Can I, I feel like you're good at these can i give me a sheep shoot uh no the sheep is more like a okay that's good exactly Give me an aardvark? An aardvark is like, we're aardvark. Yeah, that's it's right. like a thing. Oh, the aardvark is that rare animal that says its own name as it yes, sounds. Well, it's the one only of one only two. <laughs> and There's also, only one more animal that does that. Yeah, me too. I, you could say it. No, you could say it. Go. Fish. Exactly. Yeah. What a fish. fish speak, they just go fish. That's fish. what those bubbles do. Yeah. Fish. It's like a beautiful, delicate fish. <laughs> if you put your ear close enough to a fish's mouth, okay. you'll hear it say. Wow. Fish. fish, fish? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That seems exciting. Yeah. Before the podcast, we told Ben that this show is called No Joke, and in it, we try not to joke around. And I would say the first three minutes have been nothing but comedians joking around. Are we trying? Are we? Can you tell me honestly, is, is the goal to not try to make jokes? If that's the goal, then we won't do it. No. The goal is not to not make jokes. The reason we called it No Joke, I think, is because when we first started, we didn't want people to have to feel like they were on their yeah. game. We just wanted Got people it. to talk honestly right. about a topic. Cool. So, and so far, it's animal noises. So far, it's animal noises, and, and we've, we've said nothing but lies. Nothing yes, but lies. Nothing but lies, right. <laughs> but so we, we did... haven't told the truth, <laughs> and we've only told jokes. Right. So basically, this show is called Joke. Right. Joke. We're yeah. over three so far, and over three is relevant because today's topic... Really good job. What a good transition. Segue. Wow, he's two for two in transition. He's a boss. Is basketball. Mm. Yeah. Basketball is, is a passion that all three of us share. I would say that it's my most my most burning passion. Is that true? Yeah, man. What about comedy? Hell no. no. Distant second home. Adam, really? and I've talked, Adam and I have talked about that. If you'd ever want to star in a movie or star in a basketball team, it's a no question. No question. But that's not something that's possible. You're naming something that's not possible. Well, of course, yeah. But in the in the theoretical, in the, like, the abstract. Okay, how about this? I'll give you a real scenario. Please. Because uh, I'm trying to put it down to a level. Okay. If you could be a NCAA Division One athlete, okay. you're, you're coming off the bench, you're the seventh man, eighth man. You don't get big minutes, but you get to play every game. Seventh and eighth is huge for me. Yeah. 
Yes. Okay. Okay. I mean, in NCAA, or Love. these are your options, or you get to be the lead of who's your favorite actor or director. Uh, my favorite actor director, uh, I or love David Wayne. David Wayne is a big oh amazing. That, sure, of course, you can. You're going to do this. This is going to be great. David Wayne wants you for his new film. It'll be you and Paul Rudd and Michael Showalter as the three main cast members. Okay, I love all those you guys. are the lead. I'd watch. So watch of course that? I'd watch that in a second. By the way, I'd yes. love to see you act with those people. Adam. Yeah, but but he, well, those are your two options. You can ask one question about either if you want. Okay, I mean I have so many conditional questions. I guess the one that I'll boil it down to is that like how. Um, you know, like after my NC Division One career, like what does that lead? Does that you, open doors both for are me uncertain. Both are uncertain. But know that you're seventh or eighth coming off the bench. Not many people that are seventh or eighth actually. You're not going to the league if you're seventh. I'm or not eighth going to the league college, for sure. Yeah. So you're saying the choices are just to reiterate and get my mind clear. Mm-hmm. Seventh or eighth on the depth chart of a D1 what conference? Marquette. <sighs> That's a great answer, Billy. Thank you, Marquette. Marquette. The Golden Eagles. Yeah. Yes, you're, uh, on, you're on those GEs. Okay, so it's either that, that or – and by the way, who knows what happens if this David Wayne movie isn't a huge success, but it may be. I honestly think that Adam's going basketball. What's your honest That would answer? be ludicrous. I'm the lead, I'm the lead, lead role in this lead movie role, that co-stars Paul Rudd, so charming. And Michael mm. Showalter. So funny, That's one of my childhood heroes. love both of those people. Directed by David Wayne, the yes. dude. He wrote it as well. He wrote it with Ken Marino. God, they're so smart. Clock is two. ticking. Both offers are steadily going away. I'm not just saying this to pander to Billy. I'm taking that eight spot on the D1 team. Really? I want to play for Marquette. I want to suit up. I the adrenaline and the real life. Unbelievable. I, you don't, I, I feel like you actually don't believe me, but I'm telling you the truth. I do believe oh, you. Right. I don't know why you would lie to me. I just <laughs> didn't know that that would be your answer. This is the No Joke Podcast, and in the first act, we like to talk about our history with the topic. The topic is basketball, and Adam Good has transition. a great story, Ben. <laughs> yeah, he, he has so many stories of playing high school basketball. Yeah. However, one story stands out to me, okay. and I'll let you tell it if Please. you want. Yeah, yeah. Um, Wait, we tell me where we are. What city are we in? Upstate New York, a tiny, tiny, tiny town called Voorheesville that's like 15 minutes outside of Albany and that has one street. Where? Light. Near where? Near Schenectady or yeah. near? Uh, 15, 15 minutes, like, e, I think it's like southwest of Albany, but right near Schenectady, right there. Yeah. Oh, you went to Union. Yeah, I that's, know that area that's, really yeah, well. Exactly. So yeah. right there. Okay. Okay, but not Albany or Schenectady where there's legit basketball teams. A tiny Got cow it. town with eight. With truly cows? Like farmers? Actual cows and actual farmers. Is In your in your community, did you yeah. have a farm? or? Yeah. Oh, my family didn't have a farm. Okay. There were plenty of people with farms. Okay. Um, I graduated in a public school of a class of 88. So oh, like that, tiny, wow. tiny, tiny. Yeah, so yeah, that tiny. made it very likely that Adam could make the basketball team. Yeah. Adam did make the basketball team. I did by the skin of my teeth. Which is a great honor. It's great to be on the high school basketball team. However, he was also doing theater at the time. Yeah. My school was small enough where you kind of had to do it By the way, both you guys are great. Adam, I've seen you act before many times. And you, Ben? No, but I love <laughs> I love watching you. You were at a table read recently. Oh, yeah. I loved I watching we... you act. Oh, man. And also, when you guys it's were doing Harvard sailing team, I would. Always, I feel like we were either paired with you or something was paired with you. Or when I was a, uh, you guys were hot sauce. I, yes, but I was bartending. I think on a <laughs> night that you were something like that. I feel right. like at UCB, our paths were crossing all the time. Oh, yeah. at UCB. Yes, at the beginning, and I got to watch you guys a lot, and I was always impressed because you're buddy. so young and able to do so much more shit than we were able to do, and we're like dum dums. <laughs> oh, uh, but no, <laughs> but you guys like were so regimented and like you you came to fucking play when you were in college. Thanks, dude. We, call, we, call we didn't do the, anything. We're theater dorks, Ben. We're theater. <laughs> yes, dorks. I guess that's yeah, true. yeah. <laughs> you're a cool improv guy we're theater dorks <laughs> i would not <laughs> yeah. i don't know all right, so sorry. we're near we're near cows we're near cows in new york adam's we're on up. the basketball team he's also doing theater and he's asked to sing the national anthem in a game that he is also playing oh in. my god so you, you feel me? okay this is a great <laughs> beat for a tv show or movie right? well it gets better exactly so i and like speaking of riding the bench i was even at on the varsity team uh, I mean, like, growing up, I played basketball my whole life, as did we all, and, like, I would always win, like, best enthusiasm at all the summer camps, which just means, like, worst player. Sure, you know what I mean? Like, worst sure. one person. Wow. Nicest, but nicest. Nicest, though. Might yep. as well have just said nicest, though. Right. Uh, so I would always get that sort of award. No, also. Nicest, though. <laughs> nicest, though, also. Yeah. Keep it up. 
Uh, so I was riding the bench on the varsity team. I was like sure. pretty decent on the freshman team. I hit a game-winning shot on my dad's birthday, life career highlight. Is that and it's true? Like, true? True. true. And that's was the, your dad in the audience? So big time in the audience. <sighs> it was like the best thing ever. It's like that to me makes me drawn to Marquette seventh and eighth spot. It's like, do you remember what? Like do that. you remember what you did when you hit the shot? Mark, I know how excitable you are. So what? So good so, question. Yeah. So so take me through it. Three two. What's the score before you hit it? We're down two. We're playing Lansingburg. It's You're down two. You hit a three pointer to win the game. Oh it's, my god. Okay. So that's this a life is, high. This is a life. Highlight, not just a basketball. How much or time high was on the clock when you Maybe put like it up. eleven seconds. Mark Tid, a year younger, eighth grader on the freshman team, baller. He, he takes the ball, swings down around the baseline. We're down two. I'm out at the perimeter. I kind of follow him, follow him around the key. I'm up at like the maybe the left, you know, left corner of the three point line. He finds me with a perfect pass, ready to shoot. I just line right up. I'm with not, how much time? How much time? Uh, maybe like seven, six. We're down to like seven, six, six, six five. five. I square up, I release, and it's cash from the beginning. Balls win by one. Did you know the second it went in the second? Second left, my hand. Second left my hand, I knew it was him. And what was your reaction? Uh, I like to think I was stoic, but I think that in the videotape that I've watched, I think I did like a conf- almost like a shock. Like, I can't believe I made it. I'm like looking around. <laughs> oh, where's my dad? Where's my dad? Where's my dad? Yeah, yeah, where's where's my dad? My dad? Kind of like a where's my dad. Yeah. That's amazing. So that's why I kind of want to be in Marquette. But varsity, so I'm sitting on the bench. Yes. And uh, my coach, again, small town. There's no room for clicks. The basketball players are also in Guys and Dolls. That's okay. just how it has to be. Great. There's 88 people in Fantastic. So it's like I was doing both at the same time. So my uh, basketball coach came to see Guys and Dolls. I was playing Nicely Nicely Johnson, singing and dancing. He was like, you know, this would be great. You should sing the national anthem before one of our games. This would be like the perfect synergy. Safe bet LeBron's coach never said that to yeah, him. I don't think he ever Safe said bet. that once. But Walter McCarty's did. We can get to that a little bit okay. later. Okay. All right. Sad, um, but true. So uh, Coach Clary was like, oh, why don't you sing the national anthem? And immediately I knew that was a mortifying uh, a horrible, horrible idea that could never end well. Yes. But you're very nice. You said yes. Super nice. Best enthusiasm, right? right. So I was like, yeah, of course. My pleasure. My actual pleasure to do it. So uh, <laughs> My actual pleasure. <laughs> yeah. So uh, it's before the game, and uh, we're playing Water of Elite, who is inner city, kind of roughneck kids, like real good <laughs> at basketball, a million times better than us. I should also say that in my two years of varsity play, we won one game. Total. Is that true? In the two years. Right. How many games per season? Uh, maybe 21. 21. No, like 20, 20 a lot of opportunities so. to win a game. So we were never winning, and we were bad, 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 and I was the worst player on the worst team. And now you're playing the tough urban team, and you're singing the national anthem. Singing the national anthem. So I get up in my purple and gold warm-up outfit. I take the mic. I stand in between the two teams. We all know how the setup is. So my teammates are over here, really sweet and supportive because we're all good buddies. And then on the other side is this Water of Elite team who is just like sort of stunned and almost like offended. Right. That like this breach of protocol that like a player would, a player's gonna sing dare, would dare <laughs> sing the national anthem, which uh, up until now had only been played on a shitty cassette as it's supposed to be. Right, with no course, lyrics, just the instrumental. Okay. But I get up, I grab the mic. Who's I doing s- an accompaniment? No accompaniment. Oh, ah, God. Pell. Okay. Right? Don't finish that sentence. Stay on yeah. tune. There's no A needed at the end no of that a cappella. The A stands for asshole. Okay. So I'm up there and I sing the whole song. And again, not to pat myself on the back, on pitch, on key. You did well. Good performance. Oh, great. Good performance. Wait for it. Okay, good performance. Nicely, nicely performance. Nicely, nicely caliber performance. Throughout the song, I hear the Water of Elite team, who is mere inches away from me, right to my left, staring at me with just like these like LeBron death glares. Okay. And throughout the entire song, they're just looking at me, and I sense I sense their aggressive attention. Okay. And they're nodding, and they're scowling at me, and like scowling, like, who the f- is this guy singing the national anthem Okay, the game? Does this dude think he's a player? And they're looking me up and down, and I can tell that they're so furious. It's like stoked this weird yes. like, okay. rage in them. Right? Why? Exactly. You're singing right? the national anthem? So what, I'm patriotic, right? Yeah. So what did they say? So they go after the game, So I, uh, or after the national anthem, I sort of drop the mic, and the guy who's closest to me, he looks at me right in the eyes, and he goes, yo, dude, when you get in this game, I'm going to cut you. 
Okay. And what did you say? And I didn't say with my mouth, I didn't say anything because okay. I'm profoundly non-confrontational. I was okay. terrified. But in my mind, I thought, joke's on you, bud. I'm not getting in this game. <laughs> There's no chance I'm getting in this game at all. Zero chance. Okay, come to the fourth quarter. Came to the fourth quarter, and I sat the bench the whole game, and we lost by probably 40. Oh, yeah, so I win, You lost right? by four or 40? Probably 40. Oh. Yeah, and I still wasn't getting in the game. So I'm going to cut something. you. Joke's on you. Joke's on you. I won't be on the no court chance. to be cut. You're not going to get with anywhere within 18 That's feet incredible, of me. That's incredible. And where are you from now? I grew up in New York. I grew up in Riverdale, which is like the northern part of the Bronx. Right. And then I moved to, went to public school there. Then I moved to Westchester, a place called uh, Edgemont, which is right inside Scarsdale, right near Yonkers. Right, right, right. And I went to a public school there, but very similar to yours. I think our class had 142 wow. students or something like that. Intimate. Very, it was great. Yeah. I loved Or maybe I'm wrong. I think that's what it was. Did you play on your basketball team too? Because I, I could did. say, yeah, oh, that makes yes, sense. Because I played with Ben a couple times in LA and above average jump shot. Yeah, so you, you got to take the compliment. You got to take sound. Yeah, got to take the compliment for what I'll it take is. A compliment really above jump average shooting. jump shot. Yes, jump shooting is jump shooting. <laughs> that's not to, that's not saying that he's not above average in other things. But I would say that if you were just curious, if you're a fan of Ben's comedy and you're also like, all right, he's a basketball player, what can he really do? Jump I can shot. tell you, he has an above average jump shot, and it often <laughs> is the it's such like a weird sentence. It's not quite a compliment. It's like it's I can like, turn it into a. I, it often wins, it often wins us games. I'm just saying, if you're like, well, do you think Ben takes the ball to the hole? you think that he's kind of like a low block puts a shoulder in the defender guy no. no ben gets the ball he needs maybe three feet of space and he's going to hit the jump shot I I I have, i'm pretty good at shooting and yeah. jump shooting i haven't played with you as much as bill but i would say high basketball like you if i just uh, i like play, i like passing and stuff like Same that Benjamin. when we're playing threes or something like that that's always so fun i love <laughs> well think about what we i mean we do improv and sketch and stuff but it's like the idea of that is such a teammate touch pass the ball stuff like that i love that i've used that that metaphor for improv a lot where so much of it is knowing when to pass yeah. and when to shoot you know if you can because harvard sailing team like you mentioned earlier we were always very good at uh sharing focus and there's nine of us on stage but the audience many guys on (laughs) always there's way too many you guys but the audience always knew where to look you know they always knew who had the quote-unquote ball and and we always kind of prided ourselves in at least knowing that there's only one ball on the court at all times and you need to be moving it around you know and shifting it around and the metaphor holds true for basketball absolutely it really does yeah i i I went when i went to edgemont so when i was in uh, riverdale Mm -hmm. my dad like kind of my my parents kind of like forced me to play like baseball and soccer and basketball right and i did not like it i really did not i I, when we were playing baseball i was always afraid of the ball i was always afraid of getting hit adam too always and by the way there was a time when i was okay i remember i was hitting well my like everybody was excited but anytime there was like a real pitcher could really pitch but i would get petrified well you're smart enough to probably recognize that that's a nine-year-old a nine-year-old i mean throwing a little hard object as hard as he can he doesn't he's not a precise pitcher and you're being it's like having to be tortured in front of your parents and their friends it drove me so it it went to a point there there's a couple moments i remember there's a couple formative moments in my childhood that i remember uh i wonder if there are formative moments like as you grow older if there's one that like there's some that some that are cemented but there's one that i was watching i really just i really wanted to watch like cartoon i love video games i love cartoons i love them still Mm -hmm. today i don't play as many video games but still love animation and stuff like that but um i remember i was watching cartoons and my dad was like come on we gotta go baseball and i was like i just don't want to and then like i I went and we went and then i remember one time like let's say a couple weeks later and they could see that i wasn't happy there 
And uh, dad, oh. my dad's like, come on, we got to go. And I'm like, dad, I just don't, I just like, I'd rather watch cartoons. Oh. And my mom is like, just let him stay home and watch cartoons. Whoa. And I was like, mom, yes. Big, <laughs> love and your my dad son. was like, okay. My dad is like, okay, all right. You're not that's having a, fun. That's and a formative like, yeah. day in your life. Huge. Huge There's also another one where my mom had, oh no, my dad had my back. We were in, uh, which this may have been the wrong call, but we were in a hotel and the hotel had HBO mm-hmm. and uh, the Predator was coming on. Predator was coming on. Okay. And I was very young for Predator. It had yeah. just come on tv so whenever it came out in movies think about I don't right know what it like was. seven it was probably. i think i was probably two what year do you think predator came out like 89 i would guess okay I'm guessing so kind of i'm born 1981 yeah so it's like seven eight let's maybe. give it a year after till it gets on whatever and so it was on i remember where i was i was watching and like <laughs> the, you know like the it's like and then the hbo like oh, yes. one of my favorite songs of all the time ready for whatever and you're about to also show especially me. for us when that hbo was like a huge deal when we were young because that was the only one you could watch movies. showtime wasn't a thing yet it was like Not all could, it was all like uh porno and stuff like that right right hbo right. was the special one. hbo was like the crazy and so hbo and you couldn't see movies <laughs> yeah. ever uh so it's like it's uh, not tv predator was coming on and like it was very the beginning of it's even you just know it's scary movie Super spooky. and uh i was like oh my god i really want to see this and my mom's like no no and my dad goes let him watch it joan just let him watch it and she's like really because we're all in the same room he's like really she's like yeah and i watched it and it was the scariest thing <laughs> also a formative moment in yeah, your life huge. but also that moment of my dad had my back one time my mom had my back and yeah. time, my dad had my back he's like just let him do it let him yeah. like it was like the rule that's like adults watch r-rated movies yeah. like all right no let him i cursed when i was very very young like always i was always cursing when i was young really yeah uh, and it was fine my parents were fine with it stuff like that so it's like um it was like I this was it. another big step a little bit afterwards your dad was like probably was like Joan, you should have pushed back on the yeah 100 percent. so my mom made him say the other one the other scary one while we're talking about these stupid things is we went to see edward scissorhands my sister marnie was there my mom and my dad came and i was petrified that tim burton movie crushed me. oh it's scary it scared me it's a scary it's, sca- movie. it's even scary because we're old aren't... enough to understand that it's you know the scary being scared is different in movies and whatever totally yes. yeah you could detach yourself from it but it was also yes. like a scary movie where people weren't scared of the scary guy which made it even scarier it was so that's exactly. so true you know love the scary guy yes yeah, it yeah. was so and the way that it was shot to, like that's one of the best tim burton movies and Truly. so we were leaving and i was petrified and my sister saw that i was scared and when we left one of the chairs in the back um had huge slash marks on it, Stop. right? Huge slash marks on it. For someone must have come in and cut. Right. Well, I have one more great movie story. Someone must have cut in or cut or whatever. And I saw it, and my sister goes, "Oh my god, he was here! Edward Scissorhands <gasps> was here." Marketing. And I go, "Are you?" And I literally, I was like, "Are you?" <laughs> Serious? You're looking for slashes everywhere you go for the it next couple was weeks. Scared me. If there was a slash, the other uh, cement. Oh, go go, Billy. Well, no, I was just gonna say that. Uh, let me segue into the first act break. We'll pick it right back up. Right then, I just heard him right when I moved. Right okay. then. Ben's a not a liar. Related injury. This is real. Ben's not a liar. He said he hurt his ribs uh, playing basketball he snapped earlier. Snapped him again. Right that above average jump shot. Uh, well, we're talking about a scary movie, so I say we segue into something very sweet. I remember a couple of years ago, I was watching. I was just watching YouTube videos or whatever, and out of nowhere, Ben and Zoe Deschanel are singing one of my favorite songs from The Jerk, I believe. It is from The Jerk, yeah. Um, Old song from a long, long time ago. It's so, so lovely that uh, since we got you, we should play it. It's called You Belong to Me. We'll be right back. Great. So are you ready? I'm ready. Are you ready? Yeah. Okay, sweet. I know I know you belong to somebody new Tonight, you belong to me. 
You Belong to Me by Ben Schwartz and Zoe Deschanel. Uh, that was really sweet by, performed by in that isolated incident. Yep. Uh, so, Ben, you were saying that you're you're sort of pushed into baseball a little bit. I, too, was petrified of baseball. But petrified. you found basketball organically kind of on your own? I went, when I went to – when we moved to Westchester, moved to Edgemont, uh, I was sixth grade and I didn't know anybody at all. And – Everybody was playing basketball. Literally every single person. I realized that cultural. If I was, yes, right. If I was gonna make friends, I had to learn how to play basketball. Like every single person. Same experience. Love it. Is that true? I swear. So I, I like forced myself to play whatever because I played a little bit at home. My dad is a huge basketball player, and like really, the people oh, like his cool. best friend Doug was huge in basketball. So all these influences that were like huge in basketball, and then um, my dad still plays, which is amazing. Cool. That He's is sixty-eight so... years old. Damn. Oh. Give me that. How's his jump shot? Uh, Great. Yeah. (laughs) Great jump shot. He's a great jump shot. And then, um, so I started playing and playing, and then I just, I mean, I loved it. I loved it. I loved it so much. And I would, me and my friends would just dedicate all of our, anytime we had free time, we'd shoot around. Same. In the rain, at night, we got a light near my uh, house so we could play basketball at night. The more elements, the better. It made you feel like a warrior. Oh my God, 100%. And like, go at it. Like, we would go (laughs) at it, and you could play for hours. Well, that's the thing, because as a kid, sometimes it would be so easy to be bored. But if you had one thing that could just so happily take up any ounce yeah. of free time. If you had 10 minutes, you could just go outside and just shoot on your own hoop by yourself and it's that crazy. was time well spent. What a hobby. I love it so much. Same. Yeah. And it also taught us, we've talked about this on other podcasts, it's taught us like how to work within a team and we kind of t- touched on it briefly, mm-hmm. but just... The, just to operate knowing that people have your back and knowing that like we're yeah. I'm a collective wants something good. It's not just like me going after like my own like selfish thing, but rather like we're fighting on behalf of all of us. There's something so cool about growing up with that because then you could take that into your adult life so seamlessly. It makes yeah. things less scary. Also, I remember when I started off, I tried stand up like ten times. I wrote jokes for some. Pl- I wrote jokes for like uh, Letterman's monologue and uh, Weekend Update. I freelanced, freelanced, mm-hmm. but like I had facts and jokes. But um, then I got up on stage and started doing stand up. Right, and it was just like it was me. So when I failed. It felt so bad. Yeah. And the idea of doing something with a team, whether it was sketch with hot sauce or improv. Shoulder the burden. Oh, my God. It's just like we could also – it's like when you fail, you fail together and you pick each other up. And when you succeed, it feels amazing when you succeed and celebrate with people. Better. Better. I mean, I, I, I never, I, I also don't know how good I would have been to stand. By the back when I started, I had no, sta- I didn't know how to do anything because right. Right. I hadn't done anything yet. So I wonder how I'd be now if I did it. But I remember back then, it just felt I hate when I, I did a bunch of bringer shows, and the guy's like, you know what, come, just come and do some jokes, and nobody, like, I bombed, and I remember being on stage, being like, I'm oh. sorry, guys. I like said, I'm sorry. I just got out of work or something like that, and I remember being so embarrassed. And then getting off stage, just saying, why am I doing this? Yeah. Was I just, didn't uh, just get out of work. I wasn't good enough yet. And yeah. I, I you need you need to fail so many times. And by the way, yes. n- if people here want to do stand up, do it. It's like it's incredible. We know so many friends that are amazing at it's it. It's true. But fail and fail often. Yeah, I yeah. was better at failing with people. I failed many many times in sketch and improv. Yeah. Many many. That's something we encourage our listeners to do, though. And it sounds funny to say fail, but to try stuff. Oh, yeah. oh, to just try stuff. Yeah. When I do lectures at schools and stuff, that's what I talk about. I talk about um, not being afraid to fail and taking risks. Because I mean, when we were in our twenties, you included, when we were just doing UCB shows, we weren't really thinking about what comes next or even why we're doing it we were just so we had so much creativity bursting out of us that we just needed it to be 
now. It was the best. I think it's the best. It was the best. Yep. I've been very fortunate and done a couple things, but nothing is as much fun yeah. as, I mean, the beginning when you start hitting, when you start making people laugh for the first yeah. time. It yeah. is, in fact, I, mean, I don't do drugs, but my assumption is, is what a drug feels like where you just need that hit over and over yep. again. Yeah. The best thing was, uh, so me, Adam Pally, and Gil Ozeri were on a team called Hot Sauce. Yes. Yep. And so at the very beginning, nobody, we were on Harold teams, nobody really let us perform. And I was an intern there at UCB, so I get free classes, and I became a bartender. And then um, on Fridays, there's a show called Liquid Courage. Surely right. you guys did mm-hmm. it. Of but course. The, you you want to explain what the show was? No, no, please. Uh, so the method of the show was that uh, anybody can come on and do a sketch. All you have to do is show up at midnight. It's very late. Midnight <laughs> on a Friday. Yeah. You put your name on a list, and then you go and uh, you perform. So um, Dan Greger, who was on the Hammercats, which is the almost your rival at the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was another college sketch group that you guys were going to the same yeah. time. The school sanctioned sketch group. Yes. Yeah. It so, only mattered to the 30 people included in those two right. groups that they're might have even been a rivalry. Yeah. I mean, amazing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think he put down the words hot sauce for Adam and I one day. So he, I think, might have named us hot sauce wow. in that moment. Maybe. I may be incorrect. But so Pally was an intern there and I was bartending or something like that. And so we said that every Friday, no matter what, we have to put our name on the list three times and we have to do three sketches. Right. No matter what. That's it. So like that was one of the first times we started doing it. And then a different thing, even more losery, was Sunday nights I was an intern at ASCAT. Mm-hmm. And uh, ASCAT gets out at 11. All the shows are gone. So I'm clean. I'm literally picking up the bottles, putting them <laughs> recycling. And Still a special time though in an intern's life. Amazing. I can't. The people I saw perform ASCAT changed me in a way. I believe that it was. It, they were the funniest people in the world. And I, and I even mean even picking up the garbage when everyone's left because now it's just you in the UCB theater and it's 100%. like percent. You're special. Yes. You're def, You're a part of this. Yes. So this is a perfect way to talk into the story that Adam. Adam reminded me of this. I forget we called it a name, but Gil would come down. When when no ever gone, Adam was uh, Adam was either there or he would come down, uh-huh. and then I would beg the manager Chuck D to let us on stage, uh-huh. and then the three of us would get on stage in front of nobody and for fifteen twenty minutes do improv for nobody. I'm almost going to cry right now because nobody would let us on stage. We could never get on stage. There was so there was only one UCB stage. So every comedian should have a story and similar to that. We and Pally reminded me of that, and it was like we would. Cry. We were laughing so hard we couldn't believe you know because like Amy was just on stage twenty minutes ago right so it's like you're like the, breathing that air oh You're my like, god those fumes are still there and we would do scenes and nobody would let us perform yet so it's like uh, and you was, can't fake those moments those are purely experiential yes th- you know it's like once you start something you can't recreate those yes. firsts so it's just so cool that the firsts are good stories performing yes. for no one it almost reminds me sometimes because all three of us play a lot of pickup basketball here yeah. as. 30-year-old humans. Yeah. And I frequently think, like, half-jokingly, when we're... Because part of the fun of basketball, to me, is, like, literally the choreography, sort of the ball, the human movement yeah. is almost as pleasing to me as the baskets. And I often think to myself, like... I think you run that, a lot when you play I also. Do look, yeah, I do. You I like do. moving without the ball. All this energy to burn, yeah. And to me, it's like, I would almost do this... It would almost be as enjoyable without the ball. Like, ju- if we would just... Really? Like, d- yeah, like, to me, it's like the... It's the process and the, the movement and, like, the spacing of the floor mm-hmm. that is as satisfying or gratifying do you to me. Find yourself, do you find gratification on fives or threes or what do you think? All of the above. It doesn't matter. All of the above, yeah. I just... I mean, with five... I mean, we play a lot of four-on-four four because when we play in these middle school games... At this middle school school court on Saturday, the courts are sort of like small-ish, not quite yeah. full-size, so we play four-on-four, four, which is kind of the perfect spacing for right. that size court, and yeah, I don't know, For to me, I do run a lot without the ball, uh, but to me, it's the it's the sort of the equivalent to me of like performing in preference. Right, 
Right. It's just like I would just as soon do it for no, with no result. It's fun to operate in a world where everyone generally knows the rules and what to do, and yeah. then you can just kind of watch it happen. Yeah. 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 Um, let me just remind the listeners at home, because it's my job, that this is the No Joke Podcast. And if you are listening to us on iTunes, please rate, review, and subscribe. It mm-hmm. goes a very long way. If you're listening to us on an Android, listen to us on Google Play. Mm-hmm. Once again, it goes a very long way. Why is that? What is the difference? So uh, Google Play is the iTunes for Android. So Android doesn't have an iTunes or an iTunes store. Oh, where so that's why you, you don't can see how many people are doing everything. Yeah, it's just another huge kind of outlet for people to find the podcast on Android. Got it. Very uh, cool. I have a question for you. I would love to answer your question. Great. Well, I don't know you if you have the answer. Did you have the, I guess I'll say, honor of playing in Gary Shandling's basketball game? I did. Wow. Yes. I'm so, are, would you feel we comfortable? We talked about that, right? Well, I th- you know, I wasn't sure if we ever that ever came up, but I thought it did. But I... I really like from a fan of him and hearing I about the game from an talk outside. About this no, you. you've never you talked. I play basketball so much together. I know, and gone out to breakfast afterwards, where we would just generally keep conversations going. And yet, yep. the the specifics of this have never come up. But I heard about it when I lived in New York, and I was like, "That's probably like a Los Angeles goal of mine <laughs> to like, like play basketball." It's, it's like I don't, I could crazy. do com- comedy with him, but I'd love to play basketball with him. Could you just like? Tell me about it. Um, I'll tell you if you feel comfortable with that. I'll I don't want to give away stuff secrets. I feel comfortable saying, yeah, exactly. I, there was it's so funny because when we were playing, it was such an you never talked about it or whatever. Right. But now, ever since he's passed away, more and more people have been talking about it. Uh-huh. Stuff, just because they want to share the story. Well, that's in his was. memory, kind of to a certain yes. extent. I he, imagine. he, by the way, if I can talk about Gary for yes, a little bit, please. I am uh, in awe of the human being he was, and also. You guys, I'm assuming you guys love Larry Sanders' show. Yes, good. That to me, it was like one of the pivotal things in the world. I think, I mean, when you watch that show, it's like, oh, everything comes after that. The the Office becomes after that, and like it changed television. I think so, right? Definitely. I was just, I'm a huge fan. So. Uh, Sarah Silverman brought me to the game. Uh, uh, we had done a movie where I played her brother. I moved to L.A. and got very lucky and got a pilot with Richard Dreyfuss and Jason wow. Biggs and Mary Steenburgen that never went. Uh, it was Mitch Hurwitz's first show after yeah. or whatever. And then I got a movie where the family was me, Sarah Silverman, Michael C. Hall, and Rain Wilson. Wow. Taraji P. Henson was in it. And then I got hired to write for the Oscars all in the same month that I got here, which is insane. Welcome to L.A. It's in- it was yeah. insane. That's the Hollywood dream. Crazy. It makes no sense. And so then uh, afterwards, Sarah knew that I played basketball, and then she invited me there. And I remember that's really the Hollywood dream. Well, that's <laughs> yeah. insane. Well, his yeah. house is gorgeous, of course, but it's like he's Gary Shanley. Right. And when you see him, uh, you know, it takes a, anytime you meet somebody that you really look up to here. The first time you see them, they're that per- they're that person. Yeah, and then you're like, okay, you're also a human. You know, right. like, well, same with Cheadle. Cheadle to me, I couldn't watch Hotel Rwanda right before I did my TV show with him because I think he's so good in it that it makes me so nervous. Right, so, of course. Like, I couldn't. Same with like, if I do a movie like was, I did a movie with Sam Rockwell, and I was like, I'm not watching Moon. I'm not watching any of these movies right before because I you're think too he's, good at acting. He's for me to treat you like a man. So good at acting, and that's they're so good. Like Cheadle is. I can't tell you how good he is at acting. Olympic level. Oh my! Like <laughs> they. I think him and Sam function on different levels. Master like, actors exist. It's true. They. <laughs> they it's it like really when does we see exist. Great comedians or do great improv or right. do great sketch, and they're just like it looks like they're not even trying. Like. Yeah. Cheadle could take a, a page and a half monologue and like I'm assuming he looks at it the night before and then he crushes it every time where me I'm, I'm pretty good with lines but if you give me like a page and a half monologue I have to work on that like right. I have to really really right. work on that because Same. it's memorizing words and I, I'm a psych anthro major I never memorize stuff <laughs> until, totally. you know what I mean so. you have your bag of tricks and America loves it and <laughs> Cheadle has his mastercraft of he, acting he's just and got those every, two things the stuff of. that he does with ease I mean I, can't, I, I will never do what he does in Hotel Rwanda but like I'm doing more dramatic scenes and it's so fun to do that and flex those muscles but he does it with right. such ease it's like he's skating right I'm sure there's a huge amount of work ethic it's just such a talented man but um 
from I say that oh, because when I saw Shanling, um, I'd see Larry Sanders show, and it was just one of my favorite, favorite right. shows of all time. And uh, I was nervous to meet him and nervous to be in this game because people have been playing it for a long time. But um, I will say he – I don't know how much I'm allowed to talk about. Now everybody's been talking. Well, I'm sure there are articles. Well, I guess I'm curious. Uh, like, is, it's full court. It was five three on, on three. Three on three. Half court at his house. That is huge. I didn't yep. know that. He had a gorgeous – he had a gorgeous – there's pictures of it online now. So, uh, But he had a gorgeous half court hoop. But he had been playing for like 25 years they've been playing. Yeah. So I so played he has seven game. of the Gary 25. had game. Gary was playing till I mean till the end. We were playing. I mean, we took a little break near the end, but uh, maybe a year we weren't playing as much. But we played every single every single week. Wow, for maybe six years, and wow. that was probably everyone's favorite event of the week. It was. I cannot tell you because you're around all these people that nobody really talks about business, right? It's, and it's all the people that are all know, basketball Adam players McKay for a minute. Sasha Baron Cohen, like all these incredible people that you look up to, but. Everybody was just human beings and awesome, and everybody was like trust. Everybody trusted each other there, and Basket- uh, I can't tell you. And you Basketball meet, first. I met Breck in there, who we we play with all the time. Breck and Meyer, like right? Mm-hmm. So you meet these people that you've been fr- I've been friends with for a long time. Just sweet, really good people. I think the way that you get in there is like I'm sure he had a process. I don't know what that was, but the people that ended up in there were all awesome people. Yeah, Mentions. I imagine that that's probably one of those like self filtering things where right. everyone reveres the event so much that they know exactly when not to take the risk. Yeah, and by the way, people that have been doing stand-up since the 80s that people may not have heard of or the 90s and good, good, you know what I mean? All that stuff. But he would also get food for us each time. Like there would be platters of food and he was just, he really took care of everybody. He was so supportive of everybody. Um, That is so cool from my perspective of a person who I was dreaming that this would be like as cool and positive and rewarding as it actually was. To hear somebody who's actually been there. It's great. I was developing. I was. I was right. I was writing something, developing a TV show-ish type thing uh, recently, and um, I asked. I was like, "Hey, can I come over and can we just talk about like this thing?" And he goes, "Absolutely." And he he sat he sat me down, and he had these incredible. So tell me what it is. And also something he would do is like he'd be like, "What happened today?" <laughs> and I go, "What do you mean?" He goes, "Just tell me what happened today. We're going to use it somehow. We're going to use it in the writing." And mm-hmm. I was like, "That's amazing." Like he had such incredible. <laughs> Like well, he would talk about writing in this different way that you wouldn't ever. It sounded think about like it. he thought and questioned things differently. Yeah, he was, and a, that's he such a nice Buddhist, person to have in your life. Right. Yes, right. He was incredible, incredible. Person. If you guys have never seen a stand up, watch a stand up. Yes, uh, and all those things. He's a pre- he was an incredible, incredible man. Well, that's uh, I really appreciate. Yeah. I appreciate you sharing that. I, 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 I wish I could tell you guys more. No, no, I told it's you the cool. bare bones. No, that's totally. And cool. And it's interesting about like these sort of like like you said these comedians and these public personalities sort of that being stripped away because there's something about team sports or like I find that there's something about sports and team sports especially that sort of really levels the human playing oh, field. In that way, it levels the playing. My field. My dad used to say that like basketball brings everybody together. It doesn't exactly. matter who you are or where you're from. It doesn't matter what part of the city you grew up in. Hundred percent. Grew up not in the city at all. It's like we speak the same language. It's like you. That's the you guys could five people get on a team or three on three get on a team and we could play basketball together and i love that i agree it brings everybody together so right oh wow what a perfect topic you picked the perfect topic (laughs) um adam we talked about an album that came out in 1994 yes b-ball's best kept secrets yeah well i had not heard about this until you told me about it uh this was a cd that i think my dad bought for me miss guy deadly uh and that he uh he got it for me and uh, it was 1994 and it is a rap album uh that features tracks from different nba superstars 
or just regular journeymen at the time, uh, including Dana Barris and Dennis Scott and Shaq and Gary Cedric Payton. Sabalos. Cedric Sabalos has a great track with Warren G. Right. Anyone want to do that one? Wow. Yeah, let's... Really well, good. Well, what's, can we do Party All Night? Oh, Party All Night. Dennis Scott, D3, absolutely. Yeah. He what? wants to party all the night, Dennis Scott. <laughs> this does. song is so prototypically 90. There's G-Funk in there. This is Sharpshooter number three from the Orlando Magic. Yeah. Dennis Scott encouraging you to do like him and party all night. Count the number of times they say on and on till the break of dawn. We'll be right back. Check it out. It's my job that I stay on point. 3D rep when you step in the joint. So much funk and make you lose your soul. But I stay cool, long cruise control. I see this shit looking kind of slick. Making it hot, sweating me for a flick. Yo, Clark, can't let the system ride. Look to the sky, a piece of my pops. I'm in the middle, shorty look single over there. Throw my hands in the air. From behind, I come to find. Now it's time for some bump and grind. Looky, looky. Trying to hook me, but I ain't no rookie, so that's that. All I wanna know is where the party's at. So don't be late for the show P is for my people A for all the brothers Act steady And then there's R To get ready T is for all the times You try to get fly 3D in effect And you don't know why You don't understand About the way I come to jam And about how hard One can slam Ain't no mic That you'll bite the bullet Source money rap Bruh Sitting to the fullest Peace to my 3D crew Now it's hard for you to see me Getting capital like DC Light up the line Let all be settled and everybody follow me back to the ghetto To check out the stunts and that's that Cause all you need to know is where the party at
song was Party All Night by Orlando Magic basketball player turned TNT commentator Dennis Scott. Can you name the starting five of the Orlando Magic? Um, Orlando, I'm assuming that's Penny. Horace Grant, Nick Anderson, Shaquille O'Neal. Shaquille O'Neal. That's going to be, Scott. that's going to yeah, round out that that's five. That's probably it. Well, Six think, man coming off the bench. Ooh, that's a great question. I want to say not an Orlando Woolridge. Why but do I feel like Ronnie Sykley was on that Sykley team? Sykley was on that team. Well, he bounced from Miami to Orlando, I think. Yeah. That's true. Uh, and they had George Hill. As the head coach, that was the gray oh, mat yeah. of hair. It was just, not even hair; it was just hair gel. Oh, nice. was, and it was just gray hair gel. Very cool. Yeah, that was the Orlando Magic squad. Uh, um, you know what I'm thinking about is Space Jam. Jordan. Mm. So Jordan put out Space Jam mm-hmm. in, in the '96, and it was just announced that LeBron James will be in Space Jam. Well, well they did a live table table read of Space Jam. Yes, which you were a part of. I, I assume. did it. Yeah, and uh, Blake played Jordan. By the way, Blake Griffin, who's done my improv show many times. Oh my yeah, God. can we talk about that <laughs> after <laughs> you? Tell Have me. you seen him perform? I've never. Have you? <laughs> No. He is so fucking good. Dash. I cannot tell you how funny he is. <laughs> I he believe is, it. And in terms of bits, he is like uh, what we so like comedians, whenever you're texting or talking or whatever, like there's stupid bits that you just keep going, whatever right. it is. He is I cannot tell you how fucking funny he is. Is it right because he's it? so smart? He's he's incredibly smart. That's what's that you gotta but start there. He's right? also just he's kind, he's uh-huh. a good dude, but he's just funny. If he's he wasn't funny- Six foot ten? How tall is he? Six ten? Six ten? If he wasn't six ten, he would be uh, a comedian, and he would be at UCB, and he would be killing it. I believe killing it. You know, I also thought that about your other friend Roy Hibbert. I thought that he would love to be on a house team. He, he seems like he, he chose the Lakers so that when he retires, he could seamlessly he could transition. To UCB. He's a funny dude. He's, he seems he like he likes. Park. He was hilarious on Parks and Rec. Yeah, and it seems he like he likes it. He does like being on. He liked acting those things. I remember he really enjoyed it. He's a good dude. He's Both of those guys are so kind. Right. So, so kind. So but, you did, the table read was with Blake as. Blake and then DeAndre played Charles Barkley. Oh. But, but here's, my, here's what I wanted to bring up about Space Jam. So yeah. now LeBron's doing this uh, upcoming Space Jam. Yes. Ben, you seem like a logical. You should be in the next Space Jam. Bill Murray role? Bill oh, Murray role. The maybe least. the Newman Wayne role. Wayne, maybe the Wayne. I ju- you just seem like you're already kind of I in love that. One of the monsters? One of the villains, Ben? I would love <laughs> to be a monster. <laughs> you could just, maybe you're LeBron's agent. I don't know what the play is. It but, is a world but that I would love to play. And it seems like in a world there. that you would be a, Do you think a logical be fit. I don't. I don't have the. I don't have a ton of faith in LeBron's comedy chops. To wow. be totally frank with you. Okay. I don't Who's great in Trainwreck? I didn't see it. Oh, I'm sorry. Then you've never he, seen him become. A yeah, well, I guess maybe that's why I don't believe in his chops. Yeah, okay. I guess that's true. Yeah, right. Good point. He was good in trade. Was he I good? Was, I was impressed. Yeah. yeah, he's charming. Amari was funny too. He's, I mean, the savvy NBA players have that second gear, like Blake, yeah. where it's just like, yeah, I could dunk and do all the things you want, but now what? Love me. You can also love me through. Victor my Cruz own. is like that. Victor exactly. Cruz is the most is... charismatic person in the universe. You actually no have doubt. done a lot of work with professional done athletes. Done a lot. Of why? <laughs> You're always doing one-on-one funny interviews and kind of like weird days on the town. What? What? What is the nature of the so the beginning was for ESPN for the ESPYS, and then it was um, for Courtyard Marriott. So I do these like shorts for Courtyard right. that I write, direct, and act in. Cool. But a lot of them is improvising with the athlete, sure. just being like, just pretend this is a real interview and let's see what happens. Yes, right. Um, but have interviewed a lot of Kirk Cousins, right? And, like yes. Rex Ryan. I think and, that's why I place you in the sports comedy world, yeah. which yeah. is why Space Jam. And you've called out with Kenny Mayne some. Yes, that, that's yeah, how it with, started. The yeah. whole ESPN thing started with Kenny. I was in a thing called Main Street. You were in that, weren't you? Billy. And Billy was, actually. Yeah. Were you really? Yeah. Right, yeah. <laughs> that, the main cast at the beginning, when it first started, was Ridiculous. Allison Becker, yes. me, Glazer. Aubrey Plaza, John Glazer, uh, Kenny Main. It's crazy. I think. Uh, Chris Smith joined for Chris a while. Chris Smith joined Mulaney? for a Was Mulaney in it at he some point? Yeah, Mulaney might have been there, yeah. 
Right. Yeah. It was Star insane. Star-studded affair. That was the first time I did a, I did a scene with Ray Allen once. We were on a golf course and he was just there or something. So Kenny goes, "Hey man, can, can we do a scene with you?" And uh, Ray's like, "What?" And Kenny's like, "Come on, come on, come on. Ben's just gonna come up to you and say something." I was like, "Um." That was like the first professional athlete I've ever seen in my life. Right. So it was that was very crazy. Kenny Maine is one of the funniest men I've ever seen. Very funny. Because if you're a fan of people who are the genuine article and they don't try and be funny, but they just remain themselves, and if themselves are funny, then they're funny, then you'll love Kenny. Yeah, he's like a genuine eccentric person. For us at the beginning, that was like Kilborn. That was like uh, I would I would wake up every morning before school and watch it. Of course, Amen. Stuart Scott, yeah. that was amazing. Yeah. Keith Olbermann, I still admire. No matter how much of like a weird, pompous political asshole he turns out to be, like I, I am forever allied with Keith Olbermann. Kenny Mayne, forever. Me, Kenny, when Ke- when Kenny was doing it, I would. It, he was the he's incredible. <laughs> right. Yeah. They're all incredible. That's yeah. a special. We I was we were talking about it before how we were a part of like a lot. That's really special. I think those NBC comedies. Uh, like when it was like um, 30 Rock and Community and Parks in the office. Yeah. And it was like that I think was... Ensemble heaven. That's insane. Ensemble Those are heaven. some of the best shows if you think about it. The Office was incredible. I mean, and- yeah. The best sitcoms are always an assembly of the best characters and relationships yeah. with those characters. Because yeah. once you just know who these people are, I can watch them do anything episodically it's forever. Pre- that's pretty Look at the accurate. new girl. Yeah, I mean like it's basically the same four pieces and we just know them so well inside and out that it's like give me 50 seasons of it. I love it. Crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Changing topics rapidly. How are you going to do... What are you going to do about your ribs? It's, I don't know. You, you I'm pulled your ribs in this... Pain. Yeah, what are you going to do about it, Ben? I don't know. <laughs> I got her... Hurt yesterday, and I tried to suck it up and not let anybody know. But man, it's uh, the back part of my ribs got. I got. uh, I got hurt when I was in high school playing basketball, and then when I was here, a person was texting and driving and ran through a red light and and told my car. No. Yep. And it was like years ago, and I spun my whole car, spun around, all the airbags went off, and they had a total red light. But uh, the person was texting and looking down. That's infuriating. Thirty-five miles per hour, just crushed me. Good God. And then the. The seatbelt screwed up my ribs even more. Hey. So now, if you hit me in the right way, I'm. You'll feel it for years. Oh my god! I, it's about three weeks. Each time I get injured, three weeks. So your Achilles heel weeks. is in your ribs. <laughs> your Achilles and ribs. And by the way, I'm not a very strong or like I'm uh, like I don't have a lot of meat protecting right. me. So. Uh, although we did pretty well when we were playing basketball. You and I play, and we talked about how we appreciate people moving on the court. Yeah. It was immediate. The first time I started playing with you, you appreciate a good pick and roll. Mm. You appreciate oh, the I guy knowing. I love playing basketball. You like, what you were saying. I love the, I love the ballet of it. And I love, motion of it. It's nothing better than meeting a guy great, and feeding a, a pass, pass where he's not even there, but you assume that he's basketball savvy enough. And if he does get that pass and make the layup, you're like, we are equals. I respect you as a man. I love that. Usually when it happens, I go, ooh, that was a basketball. That was an actual basketball play. Right, right, right. right, right. I was like, we actually, like a good pick and roll or a good right. pass. Like, ooh, that was an actual basketball play. Exactly. We had yeah. a couple great games. Yeah. Billy's very kind until someone like pisses him off. Then he gets filled with rage. That's You're true. so right. Yeah. But he'll but his rage is always contained. You're, but like, you, he'll, but you'll see that you pushed him too far. Yep. I played enough with you and we played with people who push a lot. So it'll be like, you'll see when he, all of a sudden Billy be like, all right, man, stop, whatever. Yeah. And Billy Billy is even probably even stronger than you know you are, but Billy's like one of those dogs that's like all muscle but doesn't know he's all muscle. Does your competitive ire get stoked when you play pickup basketball? Then do you have I like a streak in you that's a little combative um, in that way? I don't. I, a lot of people when I play with they they need to win. They have this huge desire to win. I don't have that desire. Me neither. Uh, I have the desire to have like a great workout and stuff like that. But um, if someone pisses me off, yeah. That gets me. If someone starts trash talking and, and fucking with me or like really pushing me like when I'm playing, right. I'll get I'll get angry and like I'll start bash instead of like shooting, I'll start every pick, I'll like really hit him or uh-huh. I'll like really like all, all of a sudden I get really uh, but it takes a lot. Yes. I don't, I don't ever, care enough. You have a high threshold for that. Yeah, yeah, but now I mean in life I can get angry, but I'm pretty good. I'm very similar to you that 
It's, you rarely see me angry. I don't think you guys have ever seen me angry. I don't angry. think I, yeah, yeah. I don't think I've ever seen you throw <laughs> I a ball. Rarely, I rarely ever get, yeah. like, I never show it. Yeah, me neither. And in, on the basketball court, when I get pushed to that place, it happens, like, oh, so rarely. But when I do feel like when that old sort of, like, competitive fire, like, rushes back and fills my body up, I will, the way that I know, the way that it manifests for me is that, like, I'll, like, be the one-man full-court press. Yes. Right? So if that's, like, the go-to, just, like, I'll get all my of aggression course. out this way. And then Same I'll, with me. I'll guard up way too high. Way right. too high. And it get burnt. <laughs> I get roasted. That is so transparent parent though when the dude puts out a one-man full Roasted. court press you could just be like this guy's pissed this guy's yeah, pissed off for sure and my rage like drops down to humiliation and like uh and like self-effacing like immediately and yeah. i'm so sorry i got mad in the first place oh really <laughs> yeah yeah right immediately yeah remember when you were playing and i kept yelling at you to shoot more i was on the sideline i was like come on man you're yeah gonna... i was like that's my note for him but every time you, we you remember that and then you finally i was like you gotta shoot and yeah. then the next play you did and i was like see yeah. you're, like, you're right you're right yeah yeah that yeah. is my note for adam i'm open before to all every advice game. all in-game advice i'm wide open is that true yes i think you're such a pleasing person you want to make sure that everyone's pleased that you your option is first pass yeah i'm a pass first kind of guy yeah i would say who do you guys think like your nba sort of comparative players in terms of their games are wow because my aspiring nba comparison is rajon rondo i want to be your defensive stopper who's going to run the offense distribute the ball and shoot three to five times interesting the most boring thing i've ever heard (laughs) interesting (laughs) sorry (laughs) the most boring thing uh you know if i had a choice i'd be plain yogurt (laughs) plain yogurt because i like it goes with anything it goes with anything it tastes the same you know exactly I don't I eat am. Any food. <laughs> no pizzazz. It's perfectly white. It's the best. Me, Gil, me, Gil, and Adam. Anytime something's like boring or just so, or just not even boring, just normal. Yeah. When something's just the most normal, we're like, oh my god, just yogurt. Plain <laughs> yogurt. Just watching plain yogurt. I guess it's healthy, and I guess it's food. Like it's doing its job, but it's like nothing. Who cares? There's not even food on the bottom. It exists, but just barely. That's the opposite exactly. of yeah. the opposite of yogurt. I think my game is Birdman. Chris, oh, Chris, Chris Anderson. Oh, wow. Really? That's a good one. I, I just want – it's a little – it's predicated on defense. Yeah. Uh, trying to get like three to four blocks that I can remember myself by. Crash and if I course. score six points, I'm happy. Great. Yeah. I uh, I don't know who it would be. Yeah. Maybe, Billy, you would think one better. But I remember in high school, I picked my number because uh, – the second to last person on the Knicks team was Rolando Blackman. Mm-hmm. Oh, and he was number twenty. I two believe. zero. Yep. And so, and that's appropriate because there's another number twenty on the Knicks. So Alan I was going to say that's who I was going to say your game. Is. I wish, but I wish, <laughs> but it's like Rolando Blackman for me because when I was on varsity, I was very much like you. I rarely got in, and then I, in practice, I was pretty good. Right. And then like when they gave me my shot, I just didn't crush it. And then I slowly like uh, the older I got, they gave me a shot, and then I'd go back down or whatever. <laughs> right. And it was like the worst, and so. Me being like the second to last player on the team, and also I could shoot a little bit. It was like I feel like I'm Rolando Blackman at the end of his career. Black Dallas Mavericks Blackman. Like no, Rolando Blackman Dallas Mavericks incredible. But like at the end when he was like probably just doing it for the money, and him and Herb Williams was like let's play it on the team together one more time. Just exactly. Have fun. And yeah. like Anthony Bonner, you're here too. Yeah, see there. Yeah, yeah. Number four. Yeah. Exactly. Of course. What are you doing here? What are you doing here, Anthony? Um, yeah. But uh, uh, I mean, Alan Houston take would be the biggest. Thing yeah, in the take world. Houston. Biggest, I, but my it. number in basketball was twenty. There you go. For, I, for I, Rolando Blackman. <laughs> I was 21 because that was the legal drinking age. Oh my god! Nice, Bill. So I was raised in Long Island. Where were you? I Our priorities you were screwed. Uh, I was 11. Uh, yeah. I thought about it. None. I thought about it. None. It was like whatever is available. Everyone else took their jersey and Pass he said, first. I'll take the last. Yeah. Pass first I, never, I don't think I ever had to be my number on the basketball team. Maybe one year I did. Right. Yeah. yeah. Someone must have had it until senior year. Right. Yeah. Um, my dudes. Good game. Great game. Great game. Guys. Good game, Ben. Good you, game, you can't see we're all patting each other on the ass. Right, <laughs> <now>. <laughs> right. How many minutes was this? That felt like it went by pretty quick. Yeah, man. Lighting good conversation fast. usually does. Oh, God. What an asshole you are. <laughs> what a way to egotistically ruin this whole thing. 
Just some great conversation oh, against God. some of the three of the Go, smartest and most handsome. I hope you download handsome. that on Google Play on your Android. <laughs> okay. Just Bill, Ben, and Yogurt here. <laughs> for the No Joke Podcast, I am Billy Scafiri. I'm Adam Lustig. And we were very lucky to have Ben Schwartz with Thank us today. Thank you very much for having me. This that was, was very fun. Yeah, it really was. We will talk to you guys next week. Thanks for listening. Bye. That was a HeadGum Podcast.